0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold.
1: And now, Christ in Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. I'm Erin Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We are your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Thanks so much for joining this conversation today. We're at the very end of our series called Growing Viral, Wellbeing in the Age of Corona. And each of the conversations that we've had in this series, we're looking at ways we have been responding and reacting to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we're trying to shift focus a little bit so we can move toward wholeness in the midst of all that. Hannah, this is the first time that we have dropped a whole series all at once. And so that's kind of exciting. But one of the things that is still bothering me with this is that we're recording these and then they're going to release. And I know that by the time people queue up and listen to them, I know so much could be different, even within that amount of time. It's like in that distance, so much can change, even though it's short in terms of how we relatively release these episodes.
2: Well, you know, I thought about that, Erin, as we kind of discussed releasing all at once. And I also realized that no two days in my life have been the same for the last three weeks,
1: <laughs> right. that There's no I've normalcy. just
2: given up Yes, trying to make sense of all of this. And that's a really odd thing for me, too, because I am accustomed to kind of noticing patterns or looking at how data points align and kind of getting a sense of the trajectory of a movement or a trend. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of pride myself in knowing what conversation needs to happen in the midst of what moment in time. And I've got nothing. <laughs> In respect to this, (laughs) nothing. You're plum out of ideas here. (laughs) I feel so completely disoriented because I do tend to um, gauge my thinking and my expectations based on past behavior or a set of data points that I can kind of analyze and observe and say, okay, this and this and this and this. Therefore, I'll kind of anticipate or expect that that will happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I don't have enough data points to even see a pattern emerging.
1: I'm not a big um, researcher, analyzer type person, but I really do love to understand what's happening and, and to see how things are being projected, especially as we're looking at this pandemic. I have been on pretty much every day, going to all the charts and graphs, seeing what's going on, seeing how things are unfolding from one day to the next. And it is still so hard to know, is this really going to be what they're projecting? Um, and and even then, they're just projections. Like We don't quite know how long this is going to last. We don't know what the fallout's going to be long term. And so all we can do is look at what is happening in countries where this has gone on longer than here and and make some assessment from that but it's still so hard to know going forward what is the whole world going to do moving forward how how are we going to return to normal can we return to normal those are all very overwhelming feelings of unknown and it's it's very forward looking but Whereas before you might have had a plan for your life, now it's like, well, maybe none of those plans apply. So what are we going to do? And that's very overwhelming.
2: Yeah, I'm, you know, 41, had a really nice last year of contemplating my midlife and the direction it was taking, made some nice plans for my next couple of decades. And my husband and I have talked a lot (laughs) about what do we want to do with the second half of our lives? And then... All of a sudden, everything changes. You know, like I Mm -hmm. made these choices and I made decisions or I started thinking in certain ways or certain trajectories. And it's like somebody came along and changed the entire game just when I was figuring (laughs) it out it's so unfair it is and it's like you had a plan you had it had it a plan out. had it worked out and I'm <laughs> sure you know we're kind of making light of this but it's yeah. absolutely the case for people who maybe have lost employment or um, they were heading one direction maybe economically or in their mm-hmm. work and they're suddenly jerked a different way people who have lost loved ones or um, or they've had to put projects on hold. Um, one of my major projects, I was talking with um, folks at a publishing house, and they are like, you know what? We're just going to, we really can't tell you anything. We're just going to put this on hold for the moment. And I knew that. And it wasn't it wasn't a, a big deal it, by any means. It was just that no one had answers for questions that were forming because we didn't even know how to ask the right questions yet.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the things that i've noticed out in different articles different publications people are now to the point where they're trying to give us some framework for what may be happening what what might it look like if it's like this or this or this and there was an article i saw at the atlantic which i'll i'll post up in the show notes it gave possible timelines for life returning to normal and they were they were timeframes like two to four months, four to six months, six to 12, and then 12 plus and or something to that effect. But it gave options for, hey, if things get back to normal sooner versus later, here's what the fallout might be. Here are the adjustments that we may have. And I I saw that as an attempt to, to put a framework around something that isn't really definable yet, Um, but this is what we like to do like we we want to make sense of things and we want to have plans like a contingency plan it's going to be a b or c and we're going to pick one and we've already sorted out how we're going to respond to it here's what it may look like and i i think that that is our human nature to try to figure things out i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but the reality is like what you've said hannah you just don't know we don't have enough information yet and so we're just projecting potential options for the future right now because we we can't know these things
2: right and I think that really delays or puts a pause on our ability to accept what this moment is to kind of reach Mm -hmm. a place of resolution Um, you can't come to terms with something until you have all of the terms Like we are still in this phase of unfolding. We're still in this phase of collecting the data points, even knowing what we're in the midst of. Um, And you reference like looking at the charts for cases or deaths, and even those are rapidly changing. And you don't know you've hit the top of the curve. Until Mm -hmm. you have more information. And so it is really hard for us to kind of come to a place of equilibrium or acceptance um, because we're just not in a time yet where that's even possible. Finding equilibrium, I think that that's a really good
1: way of, of stating it, especially for what we're dealing with right now. Because it very well could be the case that we will never hit normal, like what we used to call normal. We may never hit that again. And so when you you use the phrase equilibrium, I almost think of it as like balancing, like on a surfboard or a balance board or something. And it's like, we've got to find our footing. Uh, it may be that the footing is on a totally new plane, but we need to find our footing and to know that, ooh, this is going to feel really unsettling for quite a while. We're going to feel like we're constantly checking our muscles and checking our balance and seeing if we're going to be able to stay steady because it all is different. And we can draw on how things were, but only in the sense of like, okay, that's what that was, but it's not going to be that way anymore. What are we going to do next? What are we going to do? Are these things that we're doing in the gap, or these things we're going to change forever. We don't even know that yet.
2: Right. And I think that image of um, balancing on a surfboard, while it seems delightful, maybe isn't quite (laughs) adequate for a global pandemic, it does (laughs) communicate a truth about having to ride this out. Like, there is a force larger than us in play. And all we can hope for now is just to stay upright and to ride that wave in. And and mm-hmm. I think I've seen some folks doing that. It, it requires a level of flexibility and adaptation um, that some folks are better at. I've also seen some folks struggling. And the yeah. these are basically the, the kinds of two responses I've seen online in particular are the folks who are like, okay, normal's gone. We're in a new place. We don't know what we're doing. We're, we're going to make it up as we go along, and we're just going to figure this out, and we're going to be together. We know the core principles, and we're going to do what we need to do. And there's kind of a margin, and um, there's a limberness to their ability mm-hmm. to move. There's also a response that says, you know what, we're just going to wait this out. We're, we're going to find new ways of doing the same things. So we'll just move everything mm-hmm. online or we'll just broadcast things that were at one point in-person meetings or in-person gatherings or we'll just create try to create the same normal or the same routines and patterns and habits in the ways that we now have at our disposal, but we're staying within the same forms. Mm -hmm. And so I see this split between people who are saying nothing has changed to the degree that we are just going to sit this out, we're going to wait this out, and we're going to, when two months are over, we're going to go back to normal, to people who are saying everything has changed. Nothing will be the same again.
1: (laughs) When you talk about uh, the two types of approaches there, I I can see both of them and I've seen them at play. I think one of the things that was really um, clear to me as all of the the social distancing and remote working and remote learning kicked in was how everyone turned to zoom as the answer for everything and it it's become a bit of a joke now that everything is on zoom and it it is helpful it is an it is allowing us to keep some things moving forward and allowing us to communicate like allowing us to keep on with education um Even some fun things have been happening through Zoom, but I don't feel like long-term that's how I'd want to live my life. and I found myself thinking, oh, is, is this really what we're going to have to do from now on? Because I don't know if I'm up for that task. <laughs> and uh, there's been discussion um, even in the Christ and Pop Culture members group about, hey, introverts, it's great you're at home, but who else is feeling completely exhausted from all of the electronic communications? And I have to say, I feel that way. My work is pretty much the same, but now there are more calls by Zoom, and then also all of my relationships, friends, family, now all that's on Zoom too. So now I just feel like everything feels like work. Everything is Zoom. Everything's online because i this is where I do all my business anyway. And so I feel like long term, that's not sustainable. But what are we going to do? I don't think there's a
2: solution yet. Yeah, we've had a similar experience. Um, my kids went, my older two went online right away, seamlessly. Um, and a lot of their classes are on Zoom. And the first week or two they just tried to replicate the classroom environment by having the teacher lecture from zoom and then they regrouped and they basically said this is not working we we are getting headaches people have fatigue mm. the kids can't do this and so yep. what they did was rearrange how many days they're on Zoom? How long they spend on each class? Like they'll check in. They'll have twenty to thirty minutes of instruction, maybe. But then the rest of the classes maybe work or individual connection with the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so they've had to have um, a level of saying, you know what? The old way of doing things when we taught in a classroom that worked for a classroom. It doesn't work for Zoom. And so I was really happy to see that kind of transition, but I think not everyone's making that transition. Not everyone's recognizing the relationship between form and function and saying, we got totally new things happening and that's going to mean that the way we do these things is going to have to be different too.
0: This episode is brought to you in part and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at BeyondOrdinaryWomen.org.
1: Well, Hannah, you raise some good points there about how everything is different, everything is changing, and... Really, to be honest, some things needed to change. Not everything was working to the best of its ability, the best that it could be for wholeness and flourishing. And so some of these things, I think it's going to be best that we rework them and rethink how we approach them in our lives.
2: It does feel like everything we knew was taken from us in a moment. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I know, especially watching my children, um, watching them go through that kind of Lost, like my fifth grader, he was in his last year at elementary school, and they have all of these fun things in that last year of fifth grade graduation, all these parties and picnics, and it was just taken. It was just amputated. Um, and I think of like seniors in high school or college or the weddings that people have had oh, to yeah. change. Mm-hmm. All of these major life events have just been taken. In Mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much loss. But I also think. You know what? There were some things that are being taken. That needed to be taken. So as much as we're losing good things. Part of me. Is hopeful that we might have the opportunity. To shed some bad things. Some things that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Are built into the way. We had thought things were normal. Or the way things should be. And there's a lot of um, conversation right now about how this will reshape our um, sociology, or how it will shape, our, reshape our politics. The kinds of mm-hmm. questions and issues that we didn't want to think about before will suddenly become really significant, like questions about healthcare access. Or yeah.
1: um,
2: I know I've seen a lot of people talking about okay, so universal healthcare, the health of a community might be worth something that you talk about because it really matters if some people get sick and then they pass that along to other people in the community. Um, So there's this moment for some questions to emerge that we simply didn't have the stomach for before. But now, with this breaking open, we might be able to at least have a conversation about it.
1: That seems to be a, um, a, like a positive look forward in terms of how do we wrap our arms and our brains around all that has happened and looking at it as kind of like a, a sifting. There are some things that are good and we we should pull those out and keep them. And then there are other things, we just need to sift them out and rethink about them, how these things are affecting us in society. And the healthcare um, access, even things to do with um, policy, with workforce, um, paid time off, we talked about that in in previous series, all these things, we're realizing that these are important, and it all comes to bear when we're in the middle of a crisis. And this is a good time to reflect and to think through what sort of society do we want in the future. In addition, though, it's not just out there. Um, I, I do think that those big societal things are key. But In our series, we've been talking through, how do we move into wholeness, even in our own hearts, souls, minds? And there are some things with that that I would like for us to touch on too, as we're um, winding down this series, because really this whole time, we've been talking about what's going on inside, how are we going to move toward wholeness? There are things here that I'd like us to, to dig into a little bit more as we close down. What are some of the things that you've been thinking about with that?
2: Well, I tend to think at a family level first and then a personal level. Um, mm-hmm. And when I'm thinking about my family and my family's future, I do kind of borrow categories from like organizations or mm-hmm. I think of my family as the little organization that I'm running um, and whose success is entrusted to me and whose future is entrusted to me. And so I do tend to borrow categories from people who are leading um, other nonprofits, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if we want to make that <laughs> illusion. And, sure. and I had read something recently from um, Praxis Labs um, about viewing this moment, not just as this immediate crisis, but the potential that we're not in a blizzard We're not even really at the beginning of a winter. We might be in an ice age. And this might be Mm -hmm. an extended time of dormancy and slow down. And if that's the case, I'm thinking about my children's lives. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, okay, two years for me as an adult, yeah, it'll slow me down. It's not great. We'd recover, whatever. Two years in the life of a child is massive. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm thinking about the ways this will shape my children. Um, for my 10-year-old, for my 13-year-old and 15-year-old, there's going to be a before COVID-19 and there's going to be an after COVID-19. And this could be one of the major events that shapes their childhood and ultimately shapes their future. And so I don't know the answers yet about how to parent them through that. But I Mm -hmm. know that there are questions and I know I'm going to have to think about it. I'm also thinking about how do we as a family emerge from this moment in wholeness and health, um, not just financially, but spiritually and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And even as um, a group of people who have become more bonded to each other because of this time together. So so for me, there is a level of opportunity here too, um, mm-hmm. an opportunity to grow things that matter in these days that we're together.
1: This has been clarifying for me in terms of um, what do I want my life to be about? And it almost has felt like um, a real sharp focus on I am redeemed by God for his glory, for his purpose, and then therefore my life looks a certain way. And whether we are in pandemic mode or not, it needs to look a certain way. And I think in a very good way i have sensed god pulling me in line with this is how i want you to operate in the world this is how i want you to live day to day and because right now the bulk of my time is spent here at home with mike i keep thinking of this phrase of it matters how i love mike well it matters and no one's going to see it right now not Dramatically, not specifically, but it still matters. And so I feel like there's this sense of clarity, of purpose, and what is it that pleases God um, in how I live my moments? And I feel like that has been really helpful. And even as I think about this whole series, looking at what's going on inside and what does that say about what I believe, what does that say about my theology, about how I view God and the world, this has been helpful for me to sort some of that through. I I had a quick back and forth uh Messaging with uh, Zach Cordles, He's been part of Christ and Pop Culture community for a long time. He's a caseworker for foster kids. And I told him about our series, what we've been working on here. And he said that something to keep in mind is that humans have two basic emotions, fear and love. And so everything is flowing out of those two buckets. And we've been discussing all kinds of emotions here. We've talked about denial and discouragement and anger and frustration, anxiety, all those things. And if you think about it, then all of those things are rooted in fear, and it is revealing in us the reality that we are finite creatures and we have limited control. And so I feel like this whole pandemic, it's kind of cracking open that fear bucket. And it's like, hey, here's all this. Didn't know that was in there because I've done a good job containing it. And now I feel like there's this opportunity to say, okay, I do feel these things and those things have been there. But then what would be God's answer to that? And it brings me back to love, how God is love, how um, love is made complete in us by him, by Christ, and that there's no fear in love, and perfect love drives out fear. All of those things, I feel like that has been the thing that has helped me to be grounded and to feel like, okay, these are my my tools to move forward into wholeness. Even though I don't know what's going to happen, even though I have no idea what is ahead in terms of the pandemic, of loss, how it's going to affect me and those I love right here. I have no idea. But these tools I feel like are going to help me move forward in it, whatever that is.
2: And I would say as much as I don't know what's going to happen and I feel that disorientation and I feel that level of confusion, there has been one thing that has been clear to me through this whole process. And that is that this is a very refining moment. Mm
1: -hmm. That is, is Mm -hmm. a moment
2: of testing. It is a moment of sifting. And I think you alluded to that, even in your saying how this has clarified for you, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of choices Mm -hmm. do you want to make with your life? Which direction do you want to move? Are you going to move toward fear or are you going to move toward love? And I would not be at all surprised if we emerge from this moment and people make life altering choices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they shift their path in ways that we because we weren't privy to the process to the rest of us, just look so different, both for good and for bad. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of the things to come out of China in the last week or so was they said that as the quarantine has lifted, the filings for divorce have skyrocketed.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that too. And that the the local
2: civil offices just cannot keep up with people who are under this moment of testing and refining said, no, I cannot do this. I want something radically different for my life. And so if there is one thing that we can come to terms with, if there is one thing that we can accept and kind of count on in this moment, it's that we are being purified and tested. And a lot of the process of moving toward wholeness means letting that happen Mm
0: -hmm. and,
2: and participating with God in it, letting him strip away motives, letting him reveal our fears, letting him expose these deeper motivations and bring us to a place of self-awareness, trusting that the pain of the process is ultimately for our good.
1: That is a good word. And a challenge. um, I think that it is almost like an evergreen challenge. I'm thinking of how this series, we've crafted it because of this pandemic. And yet that charge is the thing that could be steady, no matter what season we're in and no matter what we're facing. And so. I I feel like that is a really good spot to land for our whole series. This has been so challenging. I really hope all of our listeners out there have benefited from it. Um, We're going to wrap down this conversation. And really, this is the end of the whole series. We've come to the end of this uh, six-episode series growing viral. And um, I've benefited greatly from this conversation, Hannah. So I'm so glad that we dove in, even though some of these conversations were Pretty challenging and pretty tough. They were. Um, It's been
2: good. And I would say I just want to leave with this one word because I think in this moment all we see is brokenness. Mm -hmm. All we see is suffering, uncertainty, confusion. And we want to avoid trite answers. And we want to avoid easy fixes. Um, Mm -hmm. But we also don't want to let – the evil of this moment looms so large in our eyes that we think it is ultimate or that Mm -hmm. this is reality, that the new normal is brokenness. And if there's one thing that I'm hoping to press into is that when all is said and done, that the goodness of God will be stronger than the evil and the brokenness of this present moment. Even if we don't know what the future looks like, even if we can't predict or project what the new world will be that we will inhabit, we do know that God in his goodness will mend it and that he will bring forth from this evil his good. Well, Hannah,
1: I love that we are ending on hope and on goodness. And I feel like that's a really good um, vision for this wholeness idea that we've been circling around for each of these conversations. All you listeners out there, we we hope this has been um, helpful to you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you're thinking and and, and what you are going through as you process all these things. Until we see you online, um, stay home, stay safe, and we'll catch you next
0: time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson, an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at ChristinPopCulture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name.